Hello, and welcome to the New Relic Modern Software Podcast, the show where New Relic experts and special guests discuss the top trends and topics in the world of software applications, DevOps, cloud computing, observability, and more. Today's guest represents a bit of a departure for the Modern Software Podcast. We're welcoming Ali Colleen Neff, PhD, who's a trained anthropologist and also a user experience researcher on New Relic's product team. I'm your host, Frederick Paul, Editor-in-Chief of New Relic. In this episode, my co-host, New Relic Senior Program Manager Tori Wheelton and I talk with Dr. Neff about how she uses her anthropology and media background to understand the ways people engage with technology, and even how non-anthropologists can better understand their customers and how they use their products. Before we get started, though, remember that you can find transcripts of recent episodes of the New Relic Modern Software Podcast, including this one, on the New Relic blog, blog.newrelic.com. The blog also features associated links, images, and so on. And for listeners who may not be familiar with us, a quick word about New Relic. New Relic is the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based instrumentation platform, built to help our customers create more perfect software. The world's best software and DevOps teams rely on New Relic to move faster, make better decisions, and create best-in-class digital experiences. If you run software, you need to run New Relic, which is why more than half of the Fortune 100 trust New Relic. Want to find out more? Go to newrelic.com. Welcome, Tori. Hey, Fred. How are you? And welcome, Allie. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So as an anthropology major way back in the day, I'm fascinated by the role an anthropological approach can can play in a software company. So what does an anthropologist actually do for a software firm? I love this question because there are so many streams that meet to place me here at New Relic. What's particularly fascinating about working in this space is we're not just working with any end user, like if we were producing a salad spinner and wanted to know Mm -hmm. how any salad eater might use the spinner. Here at New Relic, we are working with highly technical users in highly specialized situations. So my job is to better understand the development worlds of those users. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of nuance and a deep understanding of context. And so they call in people like me, a PhD in anthropology who left academia to do this kind of work for tech into the room to really understand. I say things like, I watch hackers hack in their native habitats. Hmm. I'm really, really good at watching people do what they do and understanding those contexts. So is this becoming a a common role at software companies or other enterprises? It is. It's the big thing in Silicon Valley right now, particularly in the last one to two years. Just now, we're starting to hire anthropologists at B2B companies and at startups. So what kind of training and background do you actually have? You mentioned academic training and you have a PhD and media experience. What goes into getting a role like this? Well, as an anthropologist, it's always my fundamental job to ask first, what makes us human? That's what the field of anthropology is all about. And then secondly, to ask how humans organize themselves into groups and how those groups obtain and distribute the resources they need to survive. And that's where the media studies kicks in. Media studies is all about the tools and practices that mediate people or groups of people and the resources they need to survive. So the tools we need to build and maintain systems and structures, and then the practices and rituals that we use to assure us that they will stay up and running. 
right? So that's how I see New Relic. It's both a tool that we use to detect and fix threats, possible breaches in our system or reliability issues, but it's also a practice or ritual. People keep New Relic dashboards up in their office on monitors everywhere. It's sort of a talisman that we return to in order to make sure that our systems are reliable and resilient. Wow. So I have a basic understanding of UX research, but what does it mean in your context? User experience at large is about the journey of the user. So rather than looking at the overall trends in industry or some of the data that a marketer might be more likely to pay attention to, user experience researchers really try to get into the mind and wear the shoes of our end users and understand what they experience as they go through their tasks. Uh, For new Relic users, often that involves uh, being alerted, waking up in the middle of the night and having to handle a giant reliability incident that could take their system down. So being able to study the nuances of what different users and different organizations do when that happens is the kind of thing an anthropologist can bring to a table at a place like New Relic. Wow. Tell me, do you have a job description? If so, what is it? And what are the groups that you primarily work with? About a year ago, we hired a director of research and she hired eight new people. So basically a brand new team of nine of us here to resolve um, any questions we had remaining about the customer journey. Those job descriptions across the board said things like, you will identify high impact research opportunities, figure out what it means to answer the questions that these groups or people or stakeholders have, and then come up with a list of methods you can use to execute that research, do the research, synthesize the research, and present it in a way that's useful not only to your stakeholders, but to the company at large, and maybe even the the digital field at large to understand the digital landscape better. So the data that we're coming up with and the insights and understandings that we synthesize from those are useful not only to making our product better, but contributing to discourses that are going to make our field more powerful and make digital development that much more reliable. As UX researchers, we have a lot of groups where we share best practices in the field, and this is because the field itself is just getting established. So many of us are coming from PhD programs in academia or master's programs where we're highly trained in research. So across the board, when any of us get hired in a new organization or when we go to consult for a company as freelancers, we do what we call a discovery phase. So my first couple of months here at New Relic involved a discovery phase where I came to understand the organization I was working for, what makes it tick, who primary stakeholders are, and what problem we're trying to solve with our product. And as I did so, I found the shape of my work really did change. It started to tell me that what I needed to do with my skills as an anthropologist was come in and really understand the user journeys of folks who are experiencing incidents or who were standing at really critical parts of their organization where they're keeping things up and running. So I'm really looking at a lot of fight or flight behavior in my day-to-day job activities. What's a typical day for you? Like walk us through a nine to five. 
When I arrive at work, I usually grab a cup of coffee and a piece of chocolate, and that seems immaterial, but I say this to tell you that instead of going directly to my desk, I do what anthropologists do, and I go to the hearth. And here at New Relic in Portland, we have a giant sort of fire circle with pillows and a great outlook on the city. And I like to sit there in the social center of New Relic, which is called Lovelace. And I talk with people. I talk with them about what's going on in their, in their groups. I talk with them about what kinds of projects they're working on, what kind of product we've got going, any feedback they've gotten from users. And as people come to recognize me as an anthropologist in the company, they come to me with stories. And that's really important to me in those first hours of the day to start to get an understanding of what's going on at New Relic and what's going on in the reliability landscape at large. And then I sit in a lot of meetings and consult as the social scientist in the room. So for instance, I was called into the room with the reliability team to help them revamp their reliability retros and think about how we can bring social sciences thinking into more deeply understanding New Relic's own incidents. And what's exciting about that is not only can I help them get the best kind of data, but we can take that and see if we can build product that can help our customers resolve their incidents more quickly. That's an interesting group of processes. What's the end result? What are the deliverables that you're trying to create out of this? I know that a lot of the insights I generate don't have direct product managers ready to hear them and turn them into product. Instead, what I can do is raise discourses about some of the questions and insights I'm churning up in this work. And so I do a lot of company-wide sharebacks and a lot of writing and evangelizing for research across the company. So that's what I do with those big questions like, what does it mean to be in a fight or flight situation when firefighting or resolving an incident? And then I get to do more targeted partnering with groups where I get to say, okay, we're working on communication in this or that area during an incident. Let me go talk to 20 users about where their real pain points and struggles are when they're resolving incidents, how much of that has to do with communication. And as I churn up insights, I churn up not only understandings of what they go through and journey maps saying, okay, this from beginning to end, this is the process that you go through. I turn up pain points where they hit bottlenecks. For instance, they have too many people giving them updates at once. And so they can't keep up with that while also resolving their incident. So then we'll turn those into recommendations and that'll become a part of the product development process. I've been itching to ask this next question for the whole podcast here. Can you share some of the most interesting observations that you've made in your research? What's been fascinating to me working in the tech space, which many of my friends who know of my anthropological work say, oh, it must be so much drier and it must be so boring to do the work in tech on digital stuff. I say, wait a minute. I get stories, y'all. Listen to this, right? (laughs) Those stories might be something like, I'll build trust with some new Relic users over the course of a couple of months, and we'll become partners in research. And so when they have an incident where their system is going down, they will actually page me and call me into the room. I get to witness what goes on in that space. And the insights I get from that are incredible. And in anthropology, we call that process participant observation. 
so I get to observe. And then later I ask the participants to do some directed storytelling with me and they get to tell their stories of how they experienced the incident in ways that help new relic to understand much more deeply what their journey is and where we can help them. So one such story involves a dear friend of mine who is a site reliability engineer who was tasked with maintaining a system that had a lot of impact on the world of global finance. And he was the person who was most likely to get paged in the middle of the night to fix any potential issues. Sure enough, when his financial application went down in the middle of rush hour, meaning that folks didn't have access to the funds they needed to get gas, it was so bad that it made the front page of the New York Times. Ouch. And- The impact on his life was intense and the impact on his company was very, very deep. Thinking about that journey and understanding better what that experience was like for him helped me and then helped New Relic to build empathy for what our users use us for, which is to keep that from happening or to resolve those issues as quickly as possible when they do arise. Another story involves a severity zero incident I was able to witness. And in this particular company, a severity zero means that the entire site is down or a product is down for all users for a certain amount of time. So this is a really high impact situation. And in the midst of this situation, a very, very skilled engineer walked in to be an incident commander. So he walks into the situation and he's ready to resolve it, regardless of the fact that he didn't know he was going to be the one on call. Well, sure enough, as he goes to resolve this high impact incident, he's finding that he's needing updates from up to 25 engineers who are fixing and researching various parts of the system. The longer they are delayed in getting this information, the longer the product is down having to pull everybody in the room and to begin to troubleshoot and find the root cause of the situation did not stress this person out in particular. When things got really bad was the tangle of information and communication during the incident that made it nearly impossible to coordinate a response to the crisis. The reason I know that this is when the real pain point started hitting is because later when talking with this incident commander about the situation, he managed to pull up on his iPhone a chart of his blood sugar. So he has type one diabetes and monitors his blood sugar using an internal monitor at all times. And so we were able to look at that chart and coordinate it with our timeline of the incident and to see that his adrenaline levels really spiked about four hours into the incident. When this communication situation happened, having data like that and being able to go back to our product teams and say, look at this. They're doing perfectly fine during all the phases of the incident, but their adrenaline is really spiking when they can't coordinate communication. Is there something we can do to resolve that? Let's drill down and do more research and see how widespread that problem is. That's a really, really powerful way to understand our product and its users. That's What a great wow. story. Those are both amazing. In addition to that, do you see like differences culturally across the world? Are expectations and goals different in different places in the world? Or are there 
different company cultures that jump out at you? Absolutely. I see each potential user as situated in a unique number of cultures. There's the culture of the kind of product they make. There's the culture of the place where they are, um, meaning that the geographic location of where they are. There's the culture of their organization. And I find that a lot of users' journey is impacted by how much agency they have to make decisions. I find that certain engineers have different kinds of backgrounds and that that very much impacts their ability to resolve issues in particular ways or to understand their systems. Globally, I think one of the most impactful differences I've seen so far has to do with government regulation. So there are some places where we have New Relic customers where their products are regulated by the government. So if they have reliability issues, if anything goes wrong with their system, they by law have to alert their government and the government will step in and begin to regulate what they do. So that brings a dimension of oversight and impact to the work of site reliability engineers, for instance, that we might not have in other cases. And that I think is really, really important. So Allie, you call yourself a qualitative data nerd. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Any user experience research team is comprised of researchers with different skill sets. So our team happens to have quantitative specialists who are really good at generating surveys and understanding huge data sets. My specialty is in the qualitative realm. I tend to focus and much of my training is about understanding the quality of the user experience. And that's a really tricky and highly specialized thing to understand. It's not just that I collect stories, it's that I put a lot of structure to the ways that I approach getting those stories understanding those stories, and then turning that into the kind of information we can synthesize with other user stories and then tell a much larger story woven from those pieces. It takes a lot of work to understand how to root out bias in a process like that and how to make sense of all of that in a way that's rigorous. When it gets into those really complicated questions of research strategy and design, I am here for that. In fact, I'm really obsessive about it. And I go to conferences five to six times a year to present and hear more about how to apply classic questions in the social sciences to the kind of complicated and wild data we encounter in the field of UX research. So I'm a nerd for that. Nice. New Relic is known for wanting to measure everything and monitor everything. How do you measure the effect of what you do? That's the complicated thing. We're asking New Relic for a bit of a suspension of disbelief here. There isn't a mechanism for understanding the impact of this kind of work beyond what I would call a very powerful kind of data, which is stories. We want product managers to be able to you know, go to leadership and say, we weren't sure what direction to take on our product development. And then we heard the story of this problem with Slack communication that affected one of our users so deeply. We looked into it further and it turns out this is a problem across the board that we hadn't gathered data on yet. Now that we have, we see that it's an industry-wide problem. No one else is doing this because no one else has invested in research of this kind. Those stories, I believe, have as much or more impact than numbers can. 
Is this something that other companies are, are starting to do? What's the future of this role and, and bringing social scientists into the technology world? I think the future is bright. I know right now so many of my colleagues from my PhD program in anthropology and other colleagues who do social sciences are moving to tech to use their skills in that area because we want to have an impact on the world of digital development. The opportunity to do this is drawing some great minds away from the classrooms. What I love about the fact that New Relic brought in this research team is that this now places us on the very bleeding edge of what industry is doing. I don't know that anyone else working in this space is investing this much in user centricity. So, Allie, that's fascinating. Are there tips or best practices for companies that want to bring in anthropologists or do something similar to what you're doing? The first thing a company can do who wants to become more user-centric in the way that New Relic is, is to do a lot of reading up on what applied anthropology has done for industry thus far. Uh, Europe has been using this model for a very long time in product development, and so there are well-documented high-impact case studies that folks can look at. And then Silicon Valley is evangelizing this approach right now, so there's a ton of amazing stuff out there about this kind of work. I think a lot of consulting, a lot of collaboration and conversation, a lot of workshopping at the outset will set companies up for success in the future. Because what this contributes to is a very sure-footed product development path where we don't hit halfway in a roadmap and say, oh my God, were we doing this for troubleshooters or were we doing this for system architects? We really don't know. Instead, this allows product development to say, these are the users we're prioritizing right now. This is what their journey looks like. And we have a sense that we want to stay attuned to these users in this phase of our development. So trust, trust. We know how to do this. We've had to construct really complex research programs and strategies to get the degrees that we have. And we're very well trained in how to apply those to the world of tech. But it's not easy to onboard and it's not easy to have that conversation. But when you do, the results are absolutely golden and very, very impactful and exciting. Well, that wraps perhaps the most uh, fascinating and intriguing episode of the New Relic Modern Software Podcast. Sincere thanks to my co-host, Tori Will, and of course, Dr. Ali Colleen Nath. We're interested in your feedback, so please feel free to share comments on Twitter, hashtag Modern Software Podcast. To avoid missing any episodes, look for and subscribe to the New Relic Modern Software Podcast wherever fine podcasts are found. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, you know, that service that used to be called iTunes. We'd love to have you rate us there as well. I'm Frederick Paul. Thanks for listening to the New Relic Modern Software Podcast. And remember New Relic because the world needs more perfect software.